0: News expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of
1: this station, its management, or other advertisers.
0: Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. that's coming up right next. Mm-hmm.
1: Welcome, everyone. Hey, welcome to the Dr. Patch. This is talk radio to thrive by. Hey, I want to thank everybody out there for tuning us in and turning us on. And wow, just doing such an absolutely phenomenal job and supporting the show. And, and, and so many of you are looking and signing up for a newsletter and that's great. We've got a lot of really cool things that we're preparing over the next couple of months for you, including our brand new Transformation Learning Center and you're going to be able to get information right at hand of some of our very special guests like my guest tonight. So here we go. Three uncomfortable questions every woman should ask her doctor. Now I'm sure that I can come up with three times that many uncomfortable questions. Uh, but that's because it is uncomfortable sometimes in dealing with some of the issues that go on in our body, some of the changes that go on. But more importantly, in our society, we have so much shame and intimidation around how we look, What goes on in our body? And we talked about this today earlier on the show as well. But joining me here today to tackle this question is, oh my gosh, an amazing, amazing guest, Dr. Philippa Cheatham joining me here today. And guess what? We are going to really heat up the airways on this. Here we go. She is not only someone that has been out in front of this field, the field of urology. But she's someone that is so absolutely spot on when it comes to looking at our bodies, what this means to take a look at women's issues, what we are willing to say, what we are not willing to say, and how is it then we can get the best help we can uh, Dr. Cheatham is a board-certified urologist in the Department of Urologic Oncology at Columbia University Medical Center uh, in New York. And, um, and, and and part of this is the fact that something in her life made her say yes to specializing in female Urology. You're going to find out what that means. I'm telling you, this is going to be a very interesting show. But more importantly, you know, she's, she's more than that. She's come out and has taken a position and a stand. She formed or co-founded the Society of Integrative Urology. It's a nonprofit organization, created that in 2010 and dedicated to advancing uro- urological care uh, by incorporating research, education, and clinical practice of complementary and integrative therapies. Now, this is seriously important. We're hearing this over and over again. Those of you that listen to my show, you have heard us talk about, and I'll say it again, complementary and integrative therapies for many, many things. But today's conversation is around urological conditions for men and women, men. This is not just a women-only conversation. Uh, she's also been on radio and co-host with Dr. Aaron Katz on Katz's Corner and much more. Today, we're taking on just something amazing, just something amazing. And so let's make sure that all of you join us here today in a fabulous show, um, but what, we, what I'd like to do before we kick off is I'd like to take a short break because when we come back, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be working through some of the really, really tough issues. Let's take a short break. We'll make a few adjustments here, and we'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. <music>
0: and each Monday at noon Pacific, 3
1: Eastern Time on TransformationTalkRadio.com to the Elizabeth Anglin Show, your psychic connection to your soul's path. Elizabeth takes you to the Universal Etheric Space Library where soul records and life lesson plans are stored. This live call-in show will help you decide what your life plan is through the help of your guides and guardian angels. Visit ElizabethAnglin.com or call 1-888-640-4893 to schedule your reading That's naked truthaboutcoffee.com and check out Kamano Island Coffee Roasters. Are the magic and mysteries of Egypt calling you? Picture yourself standing between the paws of the Sphinx, meditating inside the Great Pyramid and other sacred temples and exclusive visits. Imagine cruising down the Nile on a luxurious private sailing yacht and exploring the peaceful countryside of Egypt. If you're interested in travel that expands, transforms, and rejuvenates you, join Dr. Friedemann Schaub and Danielle Rama Hoffman, author of The Temples of Light, for a spiritual and healing journey to Egypt this September. Call for more information, 866-903-6463. That's 866-903-6463. Or visit EgyptIsCalling.com. That's EgyptIsCalling.com. Transformation Talk Radio is designed to attract people like you and like me. Millions of people across the globe are looking to up-level their lives. If you have a message and want to take it out on Transformation Talk Radio, make sure you give us a call 1-800-930-2819 or send an email to host at TransformationTalkRadio.com and get ready to host your own show on one of the fastest growing transformative networks in the world. Transformation Talk Radio.
0: Tune into Dialogue Radio with Dr. Jeff on TransformationTalkRadio.com as the stories of the universe are revealed in this engaging and creative hit show. Mondays at 1 Pacific Time or Eastern, Dr. Jeff fills the airwaves with Dialogue Radio, an epic conversation on self, society, and sustainability. Provocative, educational, transformative, and mythic, Dialogue Radio is the place where story seeds the imagination, heals the heart, and inspires personal, social, and planetary evolution.
1: My goodness, welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. Okay, I want to get everybody ready for this conversation tonight. Dr. Philippa Cheatham is joining me here today, and I just have to acknowledge her because, you know, she must have been in the doctor's office with me when she got ready to do this show. Dr. Cheatham, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
0: Thank you so much, and thank you for such an amazing introduction. I hope I don't disappoint you or let you down with uh, such an amazing uh, description of my profile, which I think was uh, not justified, but thank you very much.
1: Well, I'll tell you what the only thing that I would correct you on if I had to correct anything is that I could tell, I could give you at least three times the three uncomfortable questions but i'm telling you that this is such an important conversation i love this all of us really do need to fess up don't we
0: that's right
1: (laughs) oh my gosh you know look why is this an important conversation to you you know why has this come to the forefront for you now
0: well i think that i mean i am a urologist and i specialize In both male and female urological conditions and urology lends itself very well to having to discuss embarrassing intimate questions about your body so a lot of patients I see come in with embarrassing symptoms that affect their bladder control they may be embarrassed with frequency and urgency of going to the bathroom They may be very embarrassed that they have leakage of urine, both men and women. And I see many women with leakage of urine problems because they feel too embarrassed to discuss that with a male doctor. And there are not that many female urologists that specialize in uh, overactive bladder problems or problems related to um, leakage of urine when you cough, sneeze, laugh, or lift what we call stress incontinence. So often, uh, ladies will discuss this with their gynaecologists, but they may not necessarily have the expertise in managing bladder problems. And certainly, uh, many of the problems I see um, with men who have urology problems, we deal not just with bladder problems, but also with issues of sexual dysfunction, erectile dysfunction, impotence which men often find extremely difficult to talk about, understandably. And the whole issue that we deal with in urology that's very topical is prostate cancer screening, the PSA blood test. So there's lots of things in my specialty that both men and women find very difficult to discuss. But these are real health issues, not just issues that affect potentially your life expectancy if you have a prostate cancer issue, But so often, these conditions are not life-threatening, but have a huge quality of life issue for patients. Obviously, it's very embarrassing if you have issues with urinary leakage or recurrent urinary tract infections, for example.
1: Well, let me ask you a question about trends, uh, because... you know, I, I think that we get a lot of information on the Internet these days, right? Um, and, you, you know, there are a lot of things that, you know, seem to come to the forefront in terms of helping wellness right now, uh, but one of the things that I think we're starting to get a little bit more information about is our immune system and what happens with it and, 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 and how infections and other things, you know, seem to really cause our bodies to really get in a complete mess. So I want to ask you, are there trends? Are there things that you've seen in your field, in your profession, you know, that would talk about... Uh, the rise in certain conditions or situations, or is this just something whose you know, a conversation whose time has come uh, to have? I mean, I think it's a great question,
0: and I think there are many factors that are relevant when we talk about the immune system. First of all, we know that diet and lifestyle are so relevant to the immune system, and if you have a poor diet, then that's going to affect your immune system. We know that stress can weaken the immune system. There are also a lot of pe- people who are understandably concerned about the resistance of many infections to antibiotics. We hear a lot more now about the dangers of hospital stays and the risk of hospital acquired infections. And, um, you know, people often have taken antibiotics for illnesses like the common colds that don't don't warrant antibiotic use and so we are much more aware now about the the dangers of taking multiple courses of antibiotics and more and more there are ingredients and uh, supplements that that can really boost your own immune system naturally that are getting much more attention and uh, one typical example Uh, that's very, very topical at the moment, is vitamin D deficiency. Um, We know that vitamin D is good for your bone health, but there's so much knowledge now about how vitamin D deficiency can increase your risk of developing diseases like breast cancer, prostate cancer, colon cancer. And measuring your vitamin D level is very easy to do. It's a simple blood test. And supplementing with vitamin D can boost your immune system along with many other uh, natural supplements that we may have time to talk about later
1: in the show. Absolutely, we will have time to talk about them because you know this is really, um, you know, this is actually uh, sort of one bullet point, so to speak, under an um, umbrella of something much bigger that you really talk about. And uh, and I wanted to get your perspective on this because it is def- it's so refreshing. You know, one of the things that I I, w- I was reading is you know your your comment about the fact that we have this polarization now in America. Uh, and, 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 and at some level, the good news is we are having the polarization. What I mean by that is conventional medicine on one side, right, and then on the other side, you know, we have alternative, integrative. You know, we've developed, right? It started as alternative, then it went to integrative, functional, whatever it is. But your point is we have these, these two camps, at least two camps, uh, really taking – Uh, attacks on each other and and so I wanted to ask you you say that there's a place for both and I'm so curious to find out from your perspective where the common ground is
0: I, I mean I think you bring up some very important points and the key word in holistic medicine I believe is integrative and it doesn't have to be either conventional or holistic and so many conventional doctors are not open-minded about patients who want to adopt a holistic approach. Um, also, so many doctors are not comfortable discussing holistic treatments with doctors. They're not aware of the evidence for some of these uh, natural supplements that can help. I also have concerns about the, um, the converse in that many doctors, naturopathic doctors who potentially may be recommending treatments may not have the knowledge. So, for example, I see many patients with prostate cancer where we want to make sure that the patients are very um, closely followed, that they're not at risk of relapse. And so uh, patients often fall into one category. They They either go to a conventional doctor or they go completely off the radar and maybe taking advice from naturopathic doctors, some who are absolutely fantastic and I certainly do work with uh, naturopathic doctors, but like anything, there's good doctors and there's bad doctors and I think that we in the medical profession owe it to our patients to adopt an integrative approach and not ridicule the patient if they're asking for information. Um, so often patients come to me and they say, look, I asked my doctor about holistic treatment, and they told me that it was crazy or there was no evidence for it or it can't help. Um, And often the patients then feel that they, they, they don't feel able to bring up these questions in the future. And I've also seen a number of patients who have gone off the conventional radar to seek alternative medicine practices, particularly patients with cancers who are looking at all treatments. And then they often... Um, Are not as diligent at coming back for regular follow-up as we would like. So I think if we can adopt this integrative approach, then um, it, it will encourage patients to ask the relevant questions. And also, patients feel very empowered when we talk about um, holistic approaches and how they can improve their diet and lifestyle. They often say that they feel like they're taking control themselves of their health problems by addressing these issues.
1: Well, you know, what you're talking about is um, uh, for so many people, you know, it really does get to the basis of tonight's show. And that is really to have a conversation. That allows for, first of all, both sides uh, to have a voice, and you know, we're saying both sides. I'm sure there are more, multiple, <laughs> there are multiple layers to this, right? But to keep it simple, you know, to have both sides. You know, my my doctor calls it East versus West, you know, however it shows up. But the bottom line is, I think that um, when we're looking at doctors, whether they're conventional or natural or alternative, you know, th- the idea is that they they all want to have the health of the patient come first. And I think that's why we're doing this call tonight because, you know, part of what, you know, you're saying is that there's a, there's a situation where the patient, you know, I'm a patient, you're a patient, you're a doctor and a patient, but, you know, as, as patient, you know, we have a responsibility A to be educated and B to gain some kind of voice in the midst of this controversy. How can we do that?
0: And I think to move it forward with integrative approaches to medicine, we need to have good quality clinical trials. And we can only work towards doing those if we have our colleagues on board and we have properly designed studies to look at the benefits and actually get the evidence to support whether these integrative approaches have a value. And very small case studies, Uh, is not good quality evidence. And so many of these integrated treatments can offer patients preventative health. Certainly, for example, I see a lot of patients with urinary tract infections. And if you can break the cycle and prevent recurrent infections, then it often allows healing, uh, reduction in antibiotic resistance. And so, obviously, prevention is better than cure.
1: So let's talk about what happens when each of us, Dr. Cheatham, what happens when each of us walks into that doctor's office. It's as if we have amnesia. Around. <laughs> I, I mean, I've done it. And you know, I, I do a lot of shows about this. And so I, I've done it where all of a sudden you walk in and you're, you're in front of your doctor, whether it's your naturopath or, you know, your MD, it doesn't matter. And all of a sudden you're in a conversation and we do not remember or we are too ashamed. To either ask the three questions that we're going to talk about today or even give any information. It's like all of a sudden we're playing a mystery game. (laughs) Well,
0: you know, many people have looked at uh, the information that patients retain from a consultation with their doctor. And on average, the patient will remember approximately 10 to 20% of what is discussed with them. And obviously, if you've been given some very Alarming news, um, and obviously with cancer patients, they have a lot of anxiety. Um, and if you're waiting for test results and you're very nervous about the results, you're even less likely to remember uh, what's been discussed because of the anxiety around that. So, you know, the key is um, it's, a good, it's good to take somebody with you, um, especially if you're, you know, concerned that you may not remember the important point. And, you know, don't be aff- afraid to take a notebook with you and jot down the key questions that you want to ask and the important point from that discussion. You know, don't feel uh, embarrassed about doing that because we all know uh, that patients only retain a percentage of what we tell them. And a good doctor will repeat the important points to make sure that the patient understands what, what are the take-home messages from mm-hmm. the consultation.
1: All right, so let's talk about you know some of these questions that women should ask the the doctors when it comes to things below the waist. Because honestly, if we can avoid that conversation at all at, at all lengths, we will go to uh, to make sure that we beat around the bush at least until we have the last thirty seconds left in our appointment. I mean, look you, look, you see, now you know what I'm talking about, because that's just, very, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's like having a therapy session, where you spend uh 44 of the 45 minutes that you have talking about a lot of good stuff, and then the last minute, you bring up the trauma that happened today. Let's talk about these questions. What And, do and that's we... what
0: in the business we call the hidden agenda, <laughs> when you find it very difficult to bring up the embarrassing, awkward, sensitive topic. And so you leave it right to the end. And often the patient may even be walking out the door and they'll say, oh, by the way, um, I wanted to ask about that. They pluck up the courage at the
1: last minute. Okay. Let's talk about them. What is question number one? Well, um, I'm a urologist. And so one of the
0: uh, commonest questions that patients come asking for advice about is urinary tract infections and urinary tract infections are extremely common. They cause symptoms like frequency of passing urine, urgency, that when you've got to go, you've got to go. Uh, They can result in blood in the urine, which is a very alarming symptom. Um, It can result in a very offensive-smelling urine. Um, You may end up with pain in the back, especially if it's um, causing a kidney infection. But one of the very embarrassing symptoms, most of all, that can affect bladder and be related to urinary tract infections is leakage of urine what we call incontinence and incontinence may be stress incontinence if you leak urine when you cough sneeze laugh or lift very very common especially after childbirth but many many patients are too embarrassed to discuss this with the doctors other patients don't bring it up because they don't think that anything can be done They think that it's a normal part of getting older or it may be related to having had children. Or they may just think, well, you know, I don't want to have a surgical procedure and therefore I'm not going to discuss it. So there are more reasons other than embarrassment why people may not bring that up. But we have a number of treatment options that can help patients with urinary incontinence. And sometimes very simple lifestyle changes can help improve the amount of leakage that a patient may have. And um, so I think that would be my number one point to bring up.
1: So why is this such a hard conversation for us to have? I mean, I did a show today, Dr. Cheatham, I did a show today about shame. And, you know, I can't help but think that, um, you know, part of what's going on is that we do have shame around our bodies and uh, you know there's a part of me that would love to think there's a really naive part of me actually that would love to think that we just don't know the the questions to ask and then there's another part of me as a woman who has actually been in these conversations right and have been in this situation where we just don't feel good about ourselves or feel a bit intimidated so do do women really have to gain a strong voice, especially when it comes to our doctors? You know, someone mentioned to me that there is an intimidation factor. What do you think of that?
0: Well, I think on the whole that women are better than men um, at discussing intimate body issues. Um, they're much more likely to go to the doctor um, in the first place, and often women will be taking children to doctors and they may bring up their own symptoms as part as part of that discussion. And I think that on the whole, um, younger patients are often better at bringing up um, sensitive issues. It's definitely a generation thing. The older patients are often much more proud. But, you know, that, that's a very broad statement to make. Um, certainly with urinary incontinence, you know, if you're in a business meeting and having to run out every five minutes to go to the bathroom, that's really embarrassing. You feel that you're interrupting the meeting. You know, people start saying, you know, what's the matter? Why are you going off to the bathroom all the time? There's a lot of stigma around urinary incontinence, wearing incontinence pads, for example. Very embarrassing. And obviously for uh, both sexes, it interferes with your intimate relationship. If you've got urinary leakage, then you know, p- p- patients become very embarrassed that they're gonna be smelling of urine, um, that they've got, they've got this leakage problem. Um, and you know, nearly 11 million women in the United States um, have urinary tract infections. Four in five women um, will have a urinary tract infection. It's the second most common reason Um, to be off work. And 80% of all women will experience a urinary tract infection in their lifetime. And yet, how easy is it to phone up your boss and say, well, I'm not coming into work today because I've got a urinary tract infection and I can't leave the bathroom. I mean, it's it's an embarrassing thing to have to, to say to somebody.
1: So, you know, one of the things that, I mean, this also calls for now is, you know, to look at um, you know, our lives and what some of the things are that, you know, can be done. Um, we hear so often, especially around um, sexual issues, and let's talk about this for a moment. You, you know, we definitely hear some of the changes that go on with the body. You know, we hear women talk about this all the time. I'm sure you do on a regular basis on how having intercourse and sex may be something that is painful uh, and, and and there's a lot of information out there, Dr. Chatham, that you know people believe that oh that's just because you're going through the change in life that's just normal. I mean, I know you've heard that story, haven't you I mean oh, you're cool. a little, yeah you're, yeah you're you're a little bit young to actually have that happen to yourself. But take it from someone like me, you know, we've heard this in our pop culture. So we haven't really figured out how to separate fact from fiction around this. Do you see what I mean? I do. And even if it's a normal um,
0: physiological process and, you know, uh, going through the menopause may result in issues related to painful intercourse and Uh, vaginal dryness, and increased risk of urinary tract infections. If you're the patient suffering with that, that's not good. And it doesn't mean that just because it's a normal part of our bodies changing that it doesn't come with a whole host of embarrassing and bothersome
1: symptoms. Okay. Let's talk about natural, traditional medicine, uh in 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 the sense of what women especially around you know things that have to do with our urinary tract um what do we what do we need to know you know there's the point that we get to where we we have actually passed the point you know what i'm saying it's like we don't really get the early symptoms of things right Even though what you're talking about today makes absolutely perfect sense and we know there's something we should do, but actually we don't do it because we think it will just go away or it's part of our normal, you know, normal mode of operation. You know, what have you found uh, has been the greatest uh, obstacle for women, but more importantly, what has been their greatest sense of wisdom around this in terms of traditional and non-traditional medicines?
0: Well, in terms of uh, bladder issues, and I think uh, probably the most relevant uh, talking point is urinary tract infections because it's extremely common, and for many women, it's a recurrent problem. Obviously, there's a large number of over-the-counter sachets and pills that will damp down the symptoms. If you've got burning and stinging and urgency, these over-the-counter sachets that change the pH of the urine, they can certainly help in in the short term with the symptoms. Most patients who are um, diagnosed with a confirmed urinary tract infection, the doctor will prescribe antibiotics, hopefully after a urine test has been done to identify what the bug is that's causing the infection. But very rarely do doctors do a urine test to confirm the infection has gone. And more and more we're seeing patients who are resistant to the antibiotics that have been
1: prescribed. Right. right. And so
0: that's key um, to make sure that if you have been prescribed antibiotics for a confirmed urinary tract infection, that, what, that A, you complete the course of the antibiotics, and it's so easy to be prescribed antibiotics, and then you forget about taking them when the symptoms go away. And I've certainly been guilty of that as a patient myself and then, the, then you suddenly remember when you get the burning and the stinging again. But the key is, if you've had a urinary tract infection and the lining of the bladder is inflamed and angry, then you're much more likely to get a secondary infection because the mechanism, uh, the immune system, and the, me- the mechanisms in the bladder that prevent infection normally are weakened. So one thing that's really helpful for patients is if they can be educated to improve their own immune system, then that can really help. So a couple of things. We know that antibiotics will kill the good bacteria as well as the bad bacteria. The bad bacteria cause the infection, so obviously you want those to be killed off. But antibiotics will also kill the good bacteria and allow yeast infections to form. So patients who have recurrent antibiotics Courses of antibiotics are prone to um, uh, candida-type infections. Fungal infections, what we call thrash. They may end up buying cannabis and pastries over the counter. So taking a probiotic when you're on antibiotics will replenish good bacteria. Um, natural live yogurt can help. If you boost your own immune system, and there's a number of ways that you can do that, um, then that can really reduce the risk of recurrent infections. So, eating a healthy diet, getting plenty of sleep and exercise. But, two specific things that you can do is measure your vitamin D level, blood test, and make sure that you're not deficient in vitamin D because vitamin D is good for your immune health. I also recommend that patients who are very prone to recurrent infections or inflammation that they take an ingredient called AHDC. This is an ingredient that's derived from the roots of a Japanese mushroom that's grown in a rice bran extract. And all the cells in your immune system that are circulating in the blood, these are upregulated by a very natural compound called AHDC. And this comes in pill format. it also comes in a powder format. So many of my patients will incorporate that into smoothies or sprinkle it on cereals if they don't necessarily want to take the, the pills. But it's produced by a company called Quality of Life Laboratories. And that can, in combination with the vitamin D, that can really help boost your immune system completely naturally. We know that many foods are rich in antioxidants. So the green leafy vegetables are great for prostate cancer prevention. They're very rich in the antioxidants that wrap up the free radicals. These are chemicals that will damage cells and result in increased inflammation and potentially development of cancer. So for a prostate cancer protective diet would involve eating broccoli, cabbage, kale, spinach, all of these what we call um, crucifer vegetables. And then there are many fruits that are rich in antioxidants, like, um, the, uh, uh, purple fruit, the pomegranate, the, uh, the, the purple, purple colored fruits, like blueberries, black currants. They're very rich in a chemical called resveratrol. Um, if you have an inflamed bladder, you may want to avoid things like tomatoes, because although they're very rich in an antioxidant called lycopene, they can, in the short term, result in an inflammation, um, an irritation to the bladder. So there's some very simple things you can do. Add a probiotic, drink plenty of water, try and avoid um, fizzy sodas, fizzy drinks that can often aggravate the bladder, avoid caffeinated drinks like coffee, Um, try and avoid alcohol if you're suffering from um, bladder conditions, and boost your own immune system by making sure that your vitamin D level is measured and your doctor can advise you how much or how little vitamin D to take and taking something like a supplement such as AHCC to boost your immune system and all this is good for your general immune health not just prevention of urinary tract infection
1: let's let's take a minute if we could and talk about AHCC because I, I think that, I know you just mentioned it, and I know it's for a lot of people, they're probably thinking right now, well, I, I've never heard of that. What is that? Um, and I think it's, it's so so incredible. I think it's worth just carving out a piece of the show here to really talk about what it is and why it works.
0: Well, AHCC stands for active hexocorrelated compounds. And this is an ingredient which is, um, AHCC is derived from the root, what we call the mycelium, of a subspecies of shiitake mushroom. And it is produced in Sapporo, Japan, where in Japan they're very into holistic health and boosting immune system and... Um, the AHCC is prepared in a rice bran extract and there's some very, very interesting research that was done in Tokyo looking at how AHCC could boost the immune system. And The initial work was done looking at patients with liver cancer and showed regression of these tumors with this compound called AHCC. And the way it works is that there are a number of cells in the immune system. What I tell patients are like policemen. And these cells, they have fancy names like cytokines, natural killer cells, macrophages, dendritic cells. The role of these cells is to circulate around the body looking for cells that are either damaged, infected, inflamed, or even cancerous. And a healthy immune system would mean that those cells, those policeman cells, should recognize all those cells that are abnormal and destroy them. That's how a healthy immune system works. But if your immune system is compromised, if you're stressed, if you're eating a bad diet, if you have cancer, if you have a lot of inflammation in your body that many chronic conditions cause then your immune system is not working at its best. So the way that the AHCC works is that it upregulates both the number and the function of these immune cells in your body and helps your body naturally to fight infection, inflammation, and cancer.
1: So I want to ask you a question about this because this is, I think, what you were talking about, Um, you know, Dr. Cheetah, when you were talking about um, this this idea of, uh, you know, bringing integrative medicine, conventional medicine to the table in the forefront because, you know, we're talking about AHCC here and, you know, certainly there are research studies on it. And as a matter of fact, if people go to your website, I just want to make sure that everyone has uh, your information and knows how to find out more about you. But, if folks go to your website, which i 'd like to to give them right now, um, then they 'll be able to find out more about this on their own, do some research so let 's take a moment if we could and give them uh, your website i have www.drcheatham.com. com is that correct? Is that the best That's place correct. for people to go? Um, and that's D-R-C-H-E-E-T-H-A-M dot com. Uh, and if you, if you, if you visit the website, what you, what y'all are gonna find is, you're gonna find lots of information that, you know, you'll be able to get about some of the work that Dr. Cheatham's doing. But more importantly, if you wanna find out more about AHCC, and then what you can do is you can certainly, um, uh, click on the link that's on the site and you can find out, uh, lots of information about this. Now, can, can we just... No, well,
0: very interesting. I mean, I'm yes. a urologist and I've treated many patients with prostate cancer. Mm-hmm. And um, as a surgeon, um, used to operating on patients and sending patients for radiation, I was extremely skeptical about the benefits of holistic and integrative health yes. many, many years ago. And I have um, come at this full circle being very, very skeptical I have looked looked after patients who have had a phenomenal response in their prostate cancer uh, management by addressing the dietary issues and the immune health issues related that can really put their prostate cancer in remission. And so on my own website, we have a number of um, uh, points of advice about for patients who are on what we call active surveillance where we're monitoring their cancer, there's a lot that can be done to really boost your immune system and keep your prostate cancer in remission.
1: I want to ask you, I mean, I love that you you just talked about being skeptical about this because it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, I, I work with a number of, of, of my own doctors here in the greater Seattle area and, you know, several of them. Who were really hard nosed, hard line uh, about conventional medicine, uh, have really taken. As my uh, one of the my doctor friend says, he's a rheumatologist. He said, "You know what? I, I've listened to your show, but I've had an epiphany, and I'm willing to take a walk on the wild side." <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so I, mean, do- I, I started working with Aaron Katz in the Center for Holistic Urology. Um, three or four years ago. And that is where I learned a huge amount about the benefits of integrative urology practices. But even then, when I was really skeptical, working with him enabled me to go off and do my own research and really look at what was evidence-based in human clinical trials. And it's not perfect by any means, and we have a long way to to go. Um, But I think we also need to work with these companies that have supplements to say look if you really believe that this has some benefit you need to work with doctors to conduct good quality clinical trials that looks at large number of patients very rigorous trials that have been properly run to support whether or not this has a a benefit for patients and Mm. we need to move away from these very small case control studies that, you know, uh, or in vitro studies that have been done in a laboratory, for example,
1: in mice, you know. Well, well, and really this is kind of the conversation that I had with, you know, and I get to have this on a regular uh, basis with people. You know, there are so many, you know, in you're, in you're a doctor, you've done research, I've done research, and, you know, I know what the empirical process is like right for any of us that have had to to do any kind of studies one of the things that i think has now come to the forefront and i think it's really great to address in this show today is you know looking at you know what we are discovering from places around the world now we're talking you know right now we're we're talking about ahcc but of course that's a course you know we're talking about that as you know being something coming from japan and so forth and so on you know is what is your view of what we can learn uh as doctors in this country what we can learn from the international audience what have you found to be most helpful there
0: well i think we can learn a huge amount but we have to be open to learning and uh, so often as. Uh, particularly in my experience in the surgical specialties, doctors are very closed about um, considering these as treatment options. I actually went to the um, integrative um, medicine uh, conference in Sapporo, Japan in October, and that I found a huge learning experience for me because there were not just urologists there, but there were also doctors from all specialties who were sharing their ideas about research projects and certainly for something like AHCC that's working on the immune system. So many diseases, cancers, chronic inflammatory conditions affect the immune system. So I found it extremely helpful to go to a conference where there were so many doctors from different specialities where you can discuss the different research protocols, maybe in a different specialty within medicine, but that can be very applicable to um, your own specialty, for example. But I think that, you know, a lot. A, I commend the AHCC Research Association for doing the, re- the research that they've done over 20 years looking at the basic science. But what we need to do as clinicians is take that basic science research from the laboratory into clinical studies Um, And, and, you know, the great thing about something like this is this is a natural compound that does not have dangerous side effects, that is not going to interfere with chemotherapy or radiation therapy uh, regimes and is not going to interact with other medications. And so often these days, many of these medications that patients are taking, they can interfere with other medications. And patients are taking a lot of medications they're on you know, diabetic medications, blood pressure medications, cardiac medications. And so we need to make sure that there are no interactions um, and that patients are uh, properly educated. And that if we are not open as doctors to discussing these issues with patients, then patients are not going to disclose that they're taking these natural supplements that potentially could interfere with their conventional medications
1: we have a question that has just come in i think it's a great question uh, uh and um let me just get let me, let's just bring the question up here while we have a few minutes uh one of our listeners just uh, it sounds looks like it's Tammy from Michigan she said this is a very intriguing show thank you Dr. Pat thank you uh, Dr. Dr. Cheatham um, I was recently given um, powdered mushrooms from my naturopath uh, and I was told to put it in a tea uh, I have several different kinds and I just wanted to say it's they're very very uh, small granules there we go very small almost like silk are these the same things are uh, is what my naturopath giving me in terms of this mushroom extract to put in tea is this the same thing that you all are talking about that's a great question
0: it's a very good
1: question and there are hundreds
0: of mushroom based products on the market that can boost your immune system so I don't know whether okay. the um, ingredient that Tammy's taking is AHCC, but AHCC is the ingredient that is key, and it often goes under a number of different trade names like Immuno Kinoko, AHCC Gold, Impower, um, but the ingredient is the AHCC, and although this is derived from mushrooms, this is not just... A mushroom extract this is from the roots of a mushroom and then it's very heavily processed in a rice bran extract so um, there are huge differences in the different types of mushroom products out there but what we're specifically talking about today is the ingredient called ahdc which boosts your immune system and mushrooms have uh, many um, benefits on the immune system, but there are a lot of products out there, which is why it becomes very confusing for, for patients, and they're not
1: all the same. Well, I think this is a, this is a fabulous wow. I'm just, this is great information. You know, I, I want to thank you for joining me here today and doing what you do, and I want to bring the conversation back around to you know the idea of you know your field of um, uh, your field of expertise in. And as being a urologist. I mean, the question then comes back, especially for women, how do we know when to go see our doctors? You know, where can people that are listening to the show get information? And the reason that this is an important question, I think, you know, so many uh, people that are listening to, to the show have suffered way longer than perhaps they actually needed to. That's
0: right. Uh, I mean, I think this two groups of people. There are the patients who know in their heart of hearts when something is not right. So I would urge all your listeners to listen to, to your body. And if you feel that there has been a change, whether it be in your bladder control or your bowel control, if you feel that something is not right, then seek medical attention. Because so many patients say to me, you know what, I knew I had a problem six months ago, that I ignored it or I uh, pretended it wasn't there or I um, Googled something on the internet and reassured myself that it probably was nothing to worry about. For example, like, urinary tract infections can give exactly the same symptoms as bladder cancer. So many people may read on the internet that they have, these kind of symptoms, frequency, urgency, blood in the urine. And they may see bladder cancer there as one of the diagnoses. And they may be totally freaked out and, and, and panicked by that when it's a simple urinary tract infection. And others may do the exact opposite. They may think that they have a urinary tract infection based on the symptoms that they're reading and they may actually have something more serious. So go and see your doctor if you have concerns about your health. And also, if you feel that something's not right and you've seen one doctor and they're reassuring you, if things are not improving, then don't be frightened to get a second opinion. Um, that would be my advice.
1: Well, well I, you know, certainly this is a, um, a very big conversation. What, what do you suggest for women uh, to help them gain a stronger voice for themselves Uh, especially, you know, when they are uh, in front of a doctor because, you know, I think you understand the dynamic of this, how difficult sometimes it is to even have a conversation with your doctor.
0: I do, and I think the first thing to remember is, you know, make sure you've got a good family doctor who you trust, who you've got confidence in. And uh, if you are embarrassed about going to a doctor to discuss symptoms, Try and ask yourself why you're embarrassed. Is it because you don't want to go and discuss your symptoms with a man? For example, in which case you can ask your family doctor, well, you know, could you send me to a lady doctor to discuss these issues with? Is it because, you know, you find it difficult to um, discuss these questions? In which case, it often helps to when you walk in the door to say to the doctor, look, you know, I, I want help, but this is a very embarrassing subject for me to discuss. And it may you may be more comfortable writing down in bullet points what your symptoms are. And you can say, look, this is an embarrassing situation for me to discuss. These are the symptoms that I've got, and give the doctor the list. And often once the doctor starts asking the questions, um, then it can often help open up the conversation. Also, remember, if you're going to discuss these embarrassing uh, symptoms of the doctor i can promise you that you're not the first person to walk through the door and ask these questions and feel embarrassed and, you know that's what we do and um you know the key is really to try and help you and a doctor can really only do that in my opinion if they take a really thorough history so if a doctor asks you a question be honest and if you have urinary leakage that's very severe, then say how severe it is and tell the doctor what, um, what it's preventing you from doing. Tell them that you're having to use X number of um, incontinence pads. Because if the doctor doesn't get honest answers to the question, then obviously they're getting a, a, an incorrect uh, idea about how severe the problem is or, or exactly what the problem
1: may be. Oh, wow. Thank you take so much. Take a big much.
0: deep breath when you go in there and, uh, <laughs> and, and and make a list of the symptoms that you've got and take a little notebook in and uh, make a note of the uh, the
1: questions that you
0: want answering.
1: I love it. Thank you so much for joining me here today, Dr. Cheatham. For those of you out there that want to find out more about Dr. Cheatham, her books, uh, the work that she's doing, please go to her website, drcheatham.com. Go to the website, drcheatham.com. There is going to be a lot of information out there uh, for you all that is going to be so helpful and life-changing. Thank you, Dr. Cheatham. Thank you so much for tonight.
0: Thank you. I very much
1: enjoyed talking to you, too. I want to thank all of you for tuning us in and turning us on on the Dr. Pat Show. Uh, Much more very informative uh, shows to come, especially on health and wellness. Remember, you deserve phenomenal care, and we're here to help you learn all about it. We'll see you next time on the Dr. Pat Show. (music)
0: Down your soapbox is way too high overgrown. But you can barely see the ground or touch the sky. Your high horse is still getting off and left to you, nowhere
1: to be found. Better off dead, or well, so you said. But don't worry, we all fall down somehow.
0: Someday, not somehow, not maybe, we're gonna make it out
1: right. Hey everyone, you're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Don't touch that dial. We'll be beginning a brand new show at the top of the hour with one of our amazing hosts, Transformation Talk Radio. Talk radio to change the world.